Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, good afternoon. We love you guys. So excited that you're with us today. And it was fun getting to actually do a piece with Justin. Uh, like he said, he's in Toronto today. They had the official launch. I'm really excited to hear all about it, how it went. But I'm very excited that I get to be here with you. And I love this this uh, series that we're in, Crash Course, because, you know, like like it's been said, it's our birthday coming up. We're turning six. And it, so a few times over the years, we've taken time to kind of review who we are as a church, because I feel like it's really important that we know the language that we use, you know, because people do ask all the time, like, oh, what kind of church is Vivid? And you want to, like, I want to have a clear answer. Like, these are the words we use to describe who we are. This is how we do things. This is what we believe. And so I love, I love that we get to review these. Now, it is a crash course, so I know we just gave you a ton of information. Uh, we are definitely like, let's just see how quickly we can fit this in. So last week, Justin talked about, like, why are we vivid? Like, why vivid? Why did we come up with that? He spoke about 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So the mission of Vivid Church is to reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. That is, that is what we are called to do, to reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Uh, next week, uh, Justin will be back here, and he's going to be talking about our beliefs, our doctrine, like what do we believe as a church? So that's going to be wonderful. I'm very excited for that. But today we're going to talk a little bit of culture. And you're saying like, yeah, Jennifer, we just watched that video. We definitely heard it all, okay? We got the culture. So really, those would be our values. Again, we just like to have some clear language so it's not all muddled. So values, yes. Now, memes are this thing that it took me forever to, I, I think I just thought they were more complicated than they were. They're actually just like straight up, like you look at it and that's like what it is is what it is. I was like, oh, I don't really, I don't know, is there something more there? No, it's not. It's like, that is the point of a meme. You look at it and it says a little something and immediately you're like, oh, okay. Like Mondays be like, and then there's a picture of a baby crying and then we all look at it and go, yeah, that's a Monday for sure. And it's like, oh yeah, I relate to it. I get it. Okay, so memes, super simple. Um, that's kind of what the values would be, all right? It's like they are a little picture of Vivid Church. So it's like Vivid Church be like so good. Vivid Church be like hope and hustle. Vivid Church. It's like a little glimpse of who we are, okay? A little understanding. But there are actually three distinct cultural values that we have that would give the clearer, fuller, more holistic perspective or picture of who we are. And these are three things. They are fun, love, and truth. All right, fun, love, and truth. If you've been with us for a while, maybe you've heard us talk about it. If not, no worries. This is the crash course. This is what it's all about, is learning who we are. So fun, love, and truth, that is who we are. And it would mean, like, what our hope would be is that you would be able to say, like, oh, like, up close and personal, that flows out of fun, love, and truth. And, you know, all of the, like, there's nothing greater. That flows out of fun, love, and truth, that they would all flow out because that's what we always want to have present, fun, love, and truth. Now, Justin and I, 
we really, I think we kind of embraced these cultural values early, even just in our marriage. We've been married over 21 years now, and early in the marriage, we're like, yeah, like fun, love, and truth. And then as we had kids, that kind of became the culture of our whole family dynamic is fun, love, and truth. So when we started Vivid Church six years ago, almost, I'm excited for that birthday, um, it was like, yeah, well, of course, the culture is going to be fun, love, and truth. Now, did we choose fun and love and truth just because it's catchy or it sounds really positive or it's got some happy vibes or it's easy to remember? No, no, like it's not like we just chose fun, love, and truth because they sound good. They're actually, they come from Scripture. We find them in Scripture. And that like everything that we do here, we believe, needs to come from the Word of God. The Word of God is always central to what we do, what we believe, and that's what Justin's going to talk about next week when he goes through like our beliefs and our doctrine. So I won't, I won't say any more about it. I am going to stick to my notes. I told the first service, I'm like, I don't usually come up with paper notes. I usually am just like kind of have it, you know, in my heart, in my mind. But I want to respect our time because I know we already gave you a ton of info. So I'm like, I got notes today. I am not deviating from my notes. I'm sticking with it, okay? So I'm, and I'm in my notes. Um, so we... We want to do fun, love, and truth. We find it in the scripture, and we find it in the book of Nehemiah. So Nehemiah is a story about a man named Nehemiah, and it's actually an incredible story. If you have ever, if you've ever started something, like a business, if you're an entrepreneur, if you've led something, the book of Nehemiah is just so relatable because it's like he is leading something, and you see the whole, the journey, the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows, and you can totally relate, like, oh yeah, I get you, Nehemiah, I get you. And it's like, I'll give you a little history lesson. So Israel's in a bad place. They, they had some good years, and they, they had their land, Israel, they had Jerusalem, it was beautiful. But then they began to be desirable. Other countries wanted to take over. And so they've had different countries come in, different kings come in and like disperse them, like push them out, take them as slaves. So Israel's just not doing very good. And a lot of people have actually, they're just not even there anymore because they've been removed from their own country. And Jerusalem specifically has just a very little remnant of Israelites even living there. And it's a very, like, it's just, it's not good. And Nehemiah is an Israelite who is actually serving for the king of Persia, because at this point Persia is in control. And he's actually the cupbearer for the king. And he's serving, and then one day some people come from Jerusalem, and they have this horrible report, like, it's bad there, Nehemiah. Things are bad. The wall is broken down. The gates are burnt. And the people there are just lost. Like, they don't even know what they're doing. And it breaks Nehemiah's heart, and he is so heartbroken. And he's so sad that the king actually notices. And he's like, wow, you've never been sad before, Nehemiah. What's wrong? And he explains, like, oh, this is what's wrong, and I'm, I'm heartbroken. And the king actually says, oh, okay, well, you can go, and I'll send you, and you can take some supplies, and you can go fix it. Like, God definitely gives him some favor. So he goes to Jerusalem with this like, favor, but he goes and he still faces a lot of opposition. So it's an exciting story. It's great. I could talk a lot about that, but I'm going to stick to my notes, people. I'm going to stick to my notes, okay? So I... Uh, in the end of the like the end result is he gets there and he overcomes all of the challenges and opposition the people who don't want him to build the wall and he ends up building the like rebuilding the wall so Jerusalem now has the wall again so it's become this safe place once again 
for people to belong. And I think it's a beautiful picture of how important it is that people have a place to belong. Like if you look in any high school, I think you see it very quickly. People have this desire to belong. They just, you know, there's all the various different groups and people just want to belong to somewhere, to something. They want to belong. And we saw it this week, uh, Kezia, who's in college, she has, sometimes she has a free morning and so she'll do something special with Zion, who's still at home. And she often takes the boys to the library. That's pretty normal. But this specific morning, she was like, I'm going to take Zion, and I'm going to assign him up for his own library card, because so far, he's just been using hers. So anyway, they go. <laughs> they come home. He comes in the door with his hands behind his back, and he's just like, yeah, you know, it's nothing. It's nothing. But I have a library card. And he's all like, yeah. And then he starts like, doing a dance. And he's like, so, so happy that he has his very own library card. It's like, yes. I belong. Like, he's actually, like, thrilled. Like, Kezia said, he ran out of the library and just ran up to a random lady and was like, I have a library card! Like, shouting it to everybody, declaring the great news. So it, it's so important to feel like you belong. It, it matters, and it is important. So it is beautiful, and it is good, but we can't just stop with just belonging, okay? Because the Israelites do a really good job. They're like, okay, we have this beautiful space where we belong, but now it's time to actually they start to establish some culture now. Like, it's like if we had opened our door six years ago and been like, okay guys, you can come belong here, that's nice, but people also have a desire to believe in something, to believe in something. And so then it's time to start establishing some culture. Like, what do we believe? And let's, you know, let's walk it out together. We need to believe in something. And Nehemiah leads them beautifully. What They turn to the Word of God immediately. They're like, okay, we have a safe place to belong. Now let's establish some culture. Let's look to the Word of God for some truth. So that is why when we talk about fun, love, truth, truth will always be the center of what we do here at the truth of God's word will always be what we like the purpose of why we are here is to like speak the truth of God's word but to also bring some clarity to what is being said in the word of God which is what we see them do here with Nehemiah so it says here when the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns and all the people came together as one in the square before the water gate, they told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra opened the book, and all the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up, and Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And then in verse 8 it says, They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. So not only do we, and Vivid, like at Vivid, do we want to make, like, speak the truth of God's word, but we want to make it clear. Okay, so I have, I have five sons. Now, we also have three daughters, but I have five sons, and so we have spent a lot of time with Lego. Now, Titus is kind of past 
the prime age of Lego. He has kind of moved into the sports world and he is lost in the land of basketball. But we spent many, many years together being Lego buddies and, and like doing Lego together. And Crax is too little, he's only one. But we have three boys who are still like prime age for Lego. So every day Lego is a huge part of the day. And I am always recruited as, mom, could you please help us find a piece? So I know I kind of, I'm, I've got some years, I've got some experience, I've done this a while now. And you know, I, you know, Titus and I, we figured out a whole system. And so, you know, Titus still gets definitely sucked in to help all the little boys build sets, and he's happy to do so. But uh, uh, it's amazing because every single Lego piece, and there are so so many, have their own number. And so, like, if one of the boys was like, "Hey, mom, could you find number two, three, four, five, seven, nine, six, five, four, three, two, one?" I'd be like, "Yeah, that makes no sense. Like, I don't even know what you're talking about because it's just a number." But then it's like, "Okay, so what's the color? What's the general shape? How big are we talking? Do you have a picture of it? Because usually in the instructions there's a picture, and usually it's like, "Do you already have one?" Because they usually have one, but they need like three more to build the set. So I'm like, "Can you just show me?" So to make it clear, and that's what we want to do with the Word of God. It's like, yeah, sometimes you can read it, and it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I just don't understand, and we need help understanding the truth of God's Word. All right, so Vivid Church will always be about truth and trying to help it be clear, hopefully make it clear so people can understand. All right, are you guys with me? So we have truth is the center. Now, in Nehemiah, they have two amazing responses to the truth of God's Word. And like I said, we say fun, love, truth. Nehemiah kind of words it, truth, fun, love. You know, it's all good. It's all the same. We just order it a little differently. Um, but in response to the truth, this is uh, what happens. They, they actually, they get really sad. And they start to, like, cry and weep. I think maybe... Maybe they're just like, oh, wow, we've missed out on this for so long. Or maybe they're feeling like, oh, wow, we're pretty far from what God's ideal is. Whatever they're feeling, they begin to cry. And, okay, let me check my notes here, people. I've got to check my notes. He says, he says, oh, it's Nehemiah 8, 9, 10, and 11. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to the Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for this is a holy day. Do not grieve. And I do feel like it's important that when we come into the house of God and we receive truth, that our response is one of joy, one of celebration, and fun. That's why Vivid will always be about fun. We want there to be fun present in whatever we do. You know, we have hubs starting up again. We have a baptism service coming up. And these are all things to have fun and to celebrate the goodness of God. Now, does it mean that if you're feeling sad or having a hard time that you're not welcome here? No, of course not. Of course not. It means in the midst of sadness and hard times, we can still rejoice in who God is and how good he is because of his love and his faithfulness. And even in the midst of sadness, he's with us. So we have a reason to celebrate. And Nehemiah is like, hey, guys, don't be sad. It's okay. 
go celebrate. Go have some good food and something good to drink. Like, go celebrate. And I feel like that's important. So to be of a church will always be about fun. We want there to be fun. You know, if you're a part of any kind of conference or team retreat that we have, there will be games because Justin loves games. And Justin and Dustin love to create amazing games. And so it'll be fun. There is so much fun that we can have together. And that's an important part of our culture here at Vivid. All right? You guys still with me? We're almost done. I'm wrapping it up here. We've got some, we've got some truth in response to that. We want to celebrate and have some fun. And then there's love. There will always be love. God is a God of love. And we are here because of his great love for us, right? He loved us enough to die on a cross for us. He loves us. And so we want love to always be present in the culture of Vivid Church. Now, Nehemiah gives a wonderful example of a practical way to show love. Because we can say love, but there's actually a practical demonstration of it. And that is found in Nehemiah 8, verse 12. Then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food, and to celebrate with great joy, because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. They, they show love by just sharing what they had. They shared their food. They shared what they had. And does it mean just sharing food? No, but I think it's a good example of how we can share what you have. Like, bring what you have and share it with others. Yeah, if it's food, that's great. If it's, if it's encouragement, share some encouragement. If it's joy, share some joy. Or if it's money, share some, like, whatever you have. Share what you have with those around you because that's a beautiful expression of love. And I think there's something powerful that happens when we get to express love then also it becomes an atmosphere where we feel loved. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, people love me because they're sharing their life with me, and it's an atmosphere of love. And it says in 1 John 4, 18, it says, there is no fear of love, but perfect love casts out fear. And I, uh, Justin and I have been pretty big fans of tennis over the years. Even when we were first dating, we watched tennis. Okay, maybe that sounds quirky. I don't know, but we love it. We also love to play it. We started playing it again recently. Um, but when we started dating Serena Williams, if you know anything about tennis, great. Maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. Sorry. So Serena Williams, she's like amazing and epic. And she started her career kind of as we started dating and has won so many titles. Like she is just the GOAT. Like she is incredible. Like Australian Open, US Open, uh, French Open, Wimbledon. Like she is just dominated. She also has an older sister, Venus, who's also pretty good, but Serena would definitely be like the, the dominant one. Um, but she's, you know, she's a few weeks younger than me, so she's definitely had a career, and now I think COVID kind of threw off everything for all of our athletes, if I'm being serious. You know, they all struggled. Also, Roger Federer just retired this last week, which that's like Justin's like hero, so that was kind of, I don't know, happy, sad. It happens. Anyway, I'm deterring from my notes here, people. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I said I would not. Here I go. So Serena, she, she says, just this last end of August, over my birthday, uh, we went away for a few days, and we were watching the U.S. Open on my birthday. Serena Williams is playing, and she had said it would be her very last thing she does. Like, she's going to retire. This is it. Uh, so she wins her first game. Everyone's like, oh, wow, pleasantly surprised, because she hasn't played for a while. She just had a baby a few years ago, and it's time for her to, like, move on to other things. And so she wins the first game. Wow, wins the second game, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, she's still got it. She's got it. And then in the third game she loses and and but no one like she's done so much everyone's just in awe of her it doesn't matter it's like oh wow Serena you are epic and then she gives her finale speech and she says you know 
uh, she honors her mom and dad so beautifully in it. You know, just she honors her mom and dad. And then she says, without Venus, there would be no Serena, you know, without her big sister. And she honors her. And I thought, what a beautiful expression of love. Because in the moment when she was receiving honor, she actually honored her mom and dad. And she honored her sister so beautifully. And I think how beautiful it is to share love is really just by sharing what you have in the moment. It's just a beautiful expression of love. So we just want, we want this house to be an atmosphere of love, where you get to share love, you get to receive love, because love is powerful. It casts out fear, and we want to be a fearless people here, that we're not afraid. So Vivid Church, we want our culture, our house, to be a house of fun, love, and truth. You know, that's what we aim for. That is, you know, that is what we are aiming for. We're not perfect, but that's what we're working towards. So I love you guys so much. Uh, As as I close here, I'm going to close, and then Pastor Dustin is going to come up and finish off. But at Nehemiah, they, they do something very well. It, it says, like, they did all of that. It was great. And then in verse 13 and in verse 18, it says, um, On the second day of the month, the heads of all the families, along with the priests and the Levites, gathered around Ezra the teacher to give attention to the words of the law. And then day after day, from the first day to the last, Ezra read from the book of the law of God, and they celebrated. You know, it was a continual thing. It wasn't just a one-time thing. It was a continual lifestyle. And it's not that we want fun, love, and truth to be a moment. It's actually a lifestyle. And every Sunday, we're here, we're worshiping God, but also walking it out in our day-to-day lives, you know, seeking the word of God, truth, and, and walking and, you know, celebrating things, loving people. You know, get connected in a hub. It's a great way to really get in relationship with people and love people and be loved. So it's a continual walking it out. It's a, making it a, a priority every day. All right, so we love you guys so much. I'm just going to take a moment and pray. Father, thank you for this house. Thank you for your love. You are so good. You are so great. We praise you. We love you. Thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for Toronto, and I, I just pray for great things to happen there and here in Vancouver. God, we just ask for you to do beyond what we could ever imagine. We're so thankful. We honor you. We praise you. You deserve all the glory and all the praise, and you are so good. We love you forever, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.